I wonder what it is that you praise. What is it that brings praise out in you? That one thing that you sit there and you just, it brings a smile to your face and in your heart is warmed and you praise. What brings you praise? And I, I wonder if you've thought about it ever and seen that our whole lives really are, are built around praise. Think of the things you buy online, what you look at first, you look at the reviews. What praise has this object or this item had? When you're thinking of a film to watch, what is it you look at? You might watch a trailer, you might look at the reviews. What, what, is, what praise has this film had? Maybe you love writing those reviews for that new toaster you had. Oh, I can't wait to praise this toaster. Let me tell everybody about this toaster. What is it that we praise? What is it that fills our heart with joy that we just can't wait to tell others about? Our world is made up and set upon praise. And so what is it that we praise? And praise is a good thing. It's, it's a good, it's well-deserved praise sometimes. It's, if the thing is worthy to be praised, then we should praise it. But what is it that you praise? What is it that is in your heart? Do you think, oh, I love that. I can't get enough of that. Well, for the psalmist here, it is God. His heart is set upon God, and he loves praising the name of God. For the psalmist, it is clear. For him, his praise is pointed to God. And we can... We can have a look at this. If we look at verses 1 straight away, what does the psalmist say? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's where his heart is. He's praising God. That is what he praised. He gets straight to the point. Praise the Lord. The object of his worship is God. And it's the object that should be of our worship. God, we should be saying, praise the Lord. God should be our object of worship. This psalm would have been sung by God's people and they would have come together and they would have, they would have sung this psalm aloud. And so it's almost just like a, a, a stirring everybody's emotions towards God. Praise the Lord. Praise his name. Let's come together and praise him. So what is the psalmist praising? He's praising the Lord. The psalmist is praising the Lord. And who is it that the psalmist is calling together? Who is he saying? Who should be praising the name of the Lord? Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Those are who are the Lord's those who are his servants, those who are his people. So us here this morning, we should come together and lift up our voices to praise the Lord. That is who, we, who should be praising the Lord. It is us, God's servants, God's people. We should be praising his name. 
But why? Why does the psalmist say that? So we've seen what it is, who should be praising, but why? The psalmist tells us, blessed be the name of the Lord. Why should we praise him? Because blessed be the name of the Lord. His name is great. He is great. We should be praising the name of the Lord. And the name here isn't just uh, um, a personal name given to God, but it is it talks of his character, the name, Yahweh. That's God's name. That is who he is. That's his character. It tells you about him. And the psalmist here is saying we should praise his name because of his character, because of who he is. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So what? We should be praising the Lord. Who? The servants of the Lord. Why? Because blessed be the name of the Lord. And then why? Oh, sorry, we've seen why. But when? What does this say? Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. All the time. All the time our heart should be praising the name of the Lord. All the time the psalmist is saying he praises the Lord. From this time forth and forevermore, I will praise the name of the Lord because he is great, because his name is worthy of praise. When should we praise God? All the time. From this time forth and forevermore. For the rest of our lives, we should be praising God. And where? So we've seen what, who, why, when, and where. The psalmist says, from the rising of the sun to its setting. God's praise should be heard throughout the world. All around the world, God's name should be praised. From the rising of the sun to its setting. Everywhere, God's people should call out on the name of the Lord and give him praise. From all around the world, God should be praised. And the psalmist is clear. That's where his praise is directed to. That's what his heart warms to, the Lord. And he cries out to him, praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from the ti this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. I wonder how often we praise God. I wonder how often our praise is directed to Him. Or I wonder how often our praise is directed somewhere else. And do we ever slow down and stop and look at the greatness of God and put our praise towards Him? Do we praise all the time do we praise from when the sun rises to when it sets is our hearts set towards him maybe we we only praise god when things are going well when things are going to plan and how often we can forget him when um well so when maybe we praise god when things go wrong not when things go well and we forget him when things are going well. 
But this is what this psalm is about. It is calling us to, to put our praise towards God, to direct it towards him, the one who is great, the one who is mighty, the one whose name is to be praised. But the psalmist doesn't stop there. He could have, and it would have been a lovely little psalm. But he goes on, doesn't he? He carries on after this psalm. He, he says what is his praise is directed to he calls others to join him and praise God but he carries on and the psalmist gives us reasons why he is the one to be praised the psalmist tells us why he is, he is to be praised why he is so great and we're going to look at two things this morning two things one his greatness and secondly his grace so why should the lord be praised why should we praise the lord because one his greatness look at verse four the lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens the lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens he is high he is lifted he is far greater than all the nations in this world all the nations of this world has ever seen all the superpowers and all the power that they have the lord is greater all the the kings and nations that we read in the bible the lord is greater than them he is high above all nations nothing comes close to his greatness he is set apart he's ex exalted high above them he is great he is high above all the nations he is set apart he is different he is holy he is so highly exalted that he looks down on all the nations he is high above them and he looks far down on all the earth and this is a picture of god he rules over everything he is high above everything else and he looks down upon them he is sovereign over all everything in this world all the nations all the leaders all the great people god is greater God is higher and he looks down and he is sovereign over everything he rules over all and so what is the response to this this greatness what's the psalmist response look at verse 5 he said who is like the Lord our God who is like him he isn't expecting an answer by the way he knows there's nothing greater than the Lord our God there is nothing like him no one else compares to him he knows all praise should be directed to God because there's none like him he's greater than all the nations he is higher than everything he is seated in heaven enthroned on high and his majesty surpasses everything else 
his glory like a blinding light and the creatures of heaven can't even look at him because he is so holy he is so great that the creatures have to cover their face they have to block their sight of god because he is majestic he is beautiful he is bright light and life he is greater than everything his glory is above the heavens he is full of greatness praise the lord who is like the lord our god and so we have his greatness why should the lord be praised why should our praise be set on the lord because of his greatness but the psalmist carries on and he talks about god's grace the reason why we should praise the lord is because of his grace from this psalm we can we can see that that god cares about his creation even though god is high above everything else even though he is sovereign and greater than everything else in this world even though he looks down from above he takes note and he cares for his creation he looks far down on his creation and he cares sometimes when we we think of god and how great he is and how high up he is and how mighty he is we might be tempted to think well god's not going to be interested in us god's not going to be interested in his creation he's so high up he's so lofty he is above everything else he must be distant and, and far off but this isn't the case this isn't the truth that's in this passage god cares about his creation he cares for you and he has an interest in your joy he has an interest in what makes you happy he has an interest in your pain he has an interest in the decision that you need to make he has a care and interest in the difficulty you're facing with your neighbors who are attacking you because of your faith he looks down on you and he has an interest and care about you following the news you had from the doctor this week he knows about your sadness and your grief he has a care and an interest in you the one who is high above all the one who is great and full of majesty looks down upon you and he has a care about you and what you are going through he isn't far off and distant but he is involved in your life he is involved in what you are going through he is interested in creation praise the lord who is like the lord our god and there's more how else is his grace displayed in this passage well he has an interest in the poor and needy god has an interest in the poor and needy and how different is that from us 
How many, how many times where you're flicking through the TV that you see programs about the rich and famous? How much money they have, how great they are, the influence they have on those around them. We are obsessed with the rich and famous, with those who have great things, great power, and some become obsessed with this, don't they? They want to they reach that height. They want to they get to that level. And so they make sure they get the right Instagram shot. Just to, the right image of themselves is being put forward to everybody else. And if we're honest, we're, we're, we all feel that draw, don't we? When we look at these programs, that, that draw towards the rich and the famous, those who have it all, we are obsessed with the rich and famous. We look around, oh, if only we could have that holiday. If only we could have that car. Look, oh, look what the neighbors have got. Look at this. If only I had more money. If only I was rich and famous. This is what the world is obsessed with. But this isn't the same with God. God isn't the same as us. God isn't the same as this world. God isn't obs obsessed with the, the strong, the rich, and the famous. Verse 7 says, He raises the poor from the dust, and He lifts the needy from the ash heap. He's not interested in the rich and the famous, but He looks down and is interested in the poor and the needy. He is interested in them. That's who God looks for, the poor and the needy. But he doesn't stop there, does he? He isn't just interested in them. Oh, look, poor and the needy. He, he comes down and he raises them up. He raises the poor from the dust and he lifts the needy from the ash heap. He brings people from their affliction and he lifts them up. And what's he say? He lifts them up and sits them with princes, with princes of his people. He reverses their fortunes. He brings them from affliction and he seats them with the princes. He, is, he cares about the poor and the needy and he raises them up. Think about God's people. In the, in the early books of the Bible, we read of God's people, and they went through exile, and they were cast out, and they were sent to another land that wasn't their own, and they, they come to God in, in need. They call on his name, they were oppressed, they were low, and they were crying, and the Lord hears their prayers. He looked down on them, and He delivered them. He brought them out of their distress, and He brought them into a land of flowing with milk and honey, and maybe you have a similar story in your life. When you know a time where you were low and needy, on the ash heap, in the dust, and God brought you out of that. God redeemed you and brought you out of your 
distress. So maybe you are there now. Maybe you feel like this now. Maybe you feel you are on the ash heap, that you are low, that you are in the dust. If so, we can call on the name of the Lord and he listens because he cares about his creation. He has a ear directed to us. He listens to our cries and he can lift us out of our distress because he is interested in you. He's interested in the poor and the needy. Now his, his response might not be immediate. His response might not be overnight, but we know that he cares. We know that he is listening. We know that he is interested in us. And ultimately, he will bring us out of our darkness, out of our pain, out of our sorrow, bring us up from the dust and off the ash heap. Because God cares for you. He listens to your prayers and he has a heart for you. Praise the Lord, who is like the Lord our God. But the psalmist goes on. He shows again how God's grace is here. In verse 9, he says, He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. And here the psalmist is using a specific example that he and those who would have first sung this psalm would have known well. Those that were barren in this time were in great danger. Those who were barren were cast aside. They were set aside from society and they were in great danger. They would have had no family, no future, nothing to hold on to, nothing to keep them safe. They would have been in deep despair. And we know, we hear of Rachel who cries out, give me children or I'll die. She's, she knows. And what does God do? He hears the prayers and the cries of his people. And he gives the barren a family a makes them a joyous mother of children. And we know there's plenty of times in Scripture where God uses those who are barren, where God blesses them and blesses nations around them because of their situation. We know, we, we know the cry of Rachel after she cries out, give me a child, God works in her life. And she says, God has vindicated me. He has listened to my plea. He, he's from a high, listened and looked down on me. And he has given me a son. He makes the barren a family. He makes the woman who is barren a joyous mother of children. So what is our reason to praise God? What is the psalmist 
reason to praise God? Well, he, he says, because God is great. We should praise God because God is great. And we should praise God because of God's grace that we see here in this passage. He lifts the needy. He lifts the low and the hurting. And he provides. God is full of grace. He is high above all. He is great. And he is interested in the lives of his people, lifting them up. Praise the Lord. Who is like the Lord our God? And I wonder if in your heart you can, you can feel God's grace. And this, this psalm is, is warming your heart and lighting you up. Because where do, we, where do we see God's grace ultimately displayed? This looking down on the poor and the needy, this, this stooping down, this lifting up, where do we see it ultimately? The ultimate grace act we see from God is, is Christ. Christ is the perfect picture of God's grace. God coming down from on high, looking over his creation and, and coming down, stooping low, coming down to our level. Christ is the perfect picture of this. The one who became a human, the one who was born a human and became a servant all to lift us up. If we could turn to Philippians 2, 5 to 11, and this displays this perfectly, of Christ and the grace of God stooping low. Verse 6 and 7 says, Who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Here we see that Jesus didn't hold on to the riches of heaven. He didn't hold on to this perfect relationship that he had with his Father and the Spirit in heaven. He didn't put that first. He didn't put himself first. He didn't see equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he showed humility and he emptied himself. Christ empties himself by taking the form of a servant. Christ becomes man. He stoops low. He comes down into creation. He, he enters into our pain, into our sorrow, into our suffering. Jesus made himself low, poor and needy. God looks down over his creation. He looks upon us and he cares and loves us so much that he enters into our world. He stoops down, he comes down low. Verse 8 of Philippians 2 says, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, 
even death on a cross. God stoops low in the person of Jesus and he took the sins of others and he made them his very own. He, he faced the Father, turning his face away from him. The riches, the riches he enjoyed in heaven completely lost and he found himself in the dust. He found himself on the ash heap to raise others up, to make them sit with princes. And we are all poor and needy spiritually because of our sin. We are all far from God, cut off from Him. And we are all on the road to destruction because our sin being cut off from God means that we deserve death. The penalty for our sin is death. And we are on a, a road to destruction, a road to hell. But God is full of grace. God looks down upon his creation and he is full of grace. The one that is high up comes down low because we are poor and needy and in need of Christ. God in his love looks down, sees us in our distress and sends his son into the world to pay the penalty for our sin, to die so that we can be lifted up, so that we can have communion with God. The one who is high up comes down <coughs> low in order to lift us up, to lift us from the dust and the ash heap. What king would do such a thing? What king would act like a servant? What king would come and not be interested in the pomp and the riches? What king would come down and not be interested in the fame and the fortune? What king wouldn't be interested in those things but come to seek and to save the lost, the low, the needy, the hurting? Who would do such a thing? What king would do such a thing? Our king. The king Jesus the Lord Jesus, our King, would do such a thing. He's not interested in the rich and the famous. He's not interested in the fame and the fortune, but he comes as a servant. He comes down low. He comes into creation. He makes himself human, one of us. He comes alongside us. He comes into our dust. He comes into our sorrow and the pain and the ash heap with no riches, no fame, but he comes as a servant, one to redeem people. Our God doesn't choose us because of the greatness in us, 
because of our fame and fortune. God doesn't choose us because of our riches, but he's interested in the low, the needy, the hurting. Those are the people that God is directed to, and he exalts them. He lifts them up. He brings their hearts to praise his name. What king would do that in this world? Only the Lord Jesus Christ would do that, would come down low for the needy to lift them up. He exalts the poor and needy, the psalmist says, and he gives joy to the barren woman. He gives them a family. He gives them something to praise. Praise the Lord. Who is like the Lord our God? And I wonder if you know this God. I wonder if you are trusting in Christ. Are you trusting in this King who has come to become low? If not, then I urge you to trust in the Lord. I urge you to put your trust in Him, to know that He has come and He has paid the price for your sin. The way is open for restoration and a relationship with God because of Christ. And I urge you to trust in Him. Will you trust in Him and leave your praising like the psalmist? Will you leave here today shouting, praise the Lord? So I asked at the beginning, where is our praise directed? Is it to this world? Is it to all the things around us? The things that the world lifts up as great and worthy of our praise? Or is our praise like the psalmist here, directed to God all day long? All of my praise is to God, the one that is full of greatness, the one who is enthroned on high, the one whose majesty is blinding because he is so great. Is that where our praise is? To the one who is seated on high, the one who looks down on his creation and blesses and hears their cries. Is that who our, what our praise is directed to? The one who is full of glory, the one who is full of grace, is our praise directed to him? To the one who, when we cried out to him in our distress, sent his son to, to die for us to rescue us, to lift us up from the ash heap and the dust. Is that the one who our praise is directed to? The one who stoops low? The one who comes down into creation? The one who is interested in you personally and what you are going through? Your pain, your joy, your suffering, your sadness, your grief? Is he the God who we are? praising, the one who our praise is directed to. The psalmist is sure. And I wonder if, 
If you are struggling and you think, I, can, I, I know God is great. Right? I, I struggle to bring Him praise. I struggle to come to Him because of where I am, because I'm in the ash heap, because I am in the dust. Why don't you this week simply read this psalm every morning? Start your day reading this psalm. And soon I know because the Lord is good and he listens to the prayers of his people. By the end of the week, you will be praising God. Because he will come and he will listen to your prayers and he will lift you up because he is great. Because he is full of grace. Praise the Lord. Who is like the Lord our God? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are full of grace, that you are full of, of majesty, and that you are lifted high, that you are, are, are wonderful, that you are um, just awesome, and help us to see that. Help us to, to lift up your name and, and to see your greatness and help us to see your grace in you coming low, stooping down to lift us up. Fill us with praise because of that. And if we don't know you, Father, I pray that those who don't know you will, will see that you are full of grace, that you are a God who is loving and a, a God who is kind. And I pray that they would trust in Christ trust in the, the great King who has come to rescue us. We thank you for this. Make our hearts sing your praises now from this time and forevermore. Amen.